Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom, Chaverim. That's Hebrew for hello, friends. And Shabbat Shalom. That's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. Last week you heard part one, story of Ellie Grunhaus, and we're going to continue that story after some great music. So stay with me and I'll be right back. Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Congregation Shemayas Rael. We are a messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton, and our services are Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock a.m. Please join us for worship. And while you're in the building, be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open on Wednesdays from 3 to 5, Thursdays from 2 to 5, and Saturdays after services up till 1 o'clock p.m. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585-484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more. So be sure to check them out when you visit the Congregational Building. And now, when you make a purchase at the Fig Tree Bookstore, you can fill out a raffle ticket. Those names will be drawn for a prize from Bagels and Blessings. So those of you in the Rochester, New York area, be sure to visit Shemayas Royale and the Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from Bagels and Blessings. Next up, here's Daniel Kopp and Sarah Lieberman. This is called Elohim. And the angels sing. Listen, maybe you'll hear them singing.
And that was Daniel Kopp and Sarah Lieberman, Elohim and the Angels Sing. Again, stay tuned for my interview, part two, with Ellie Grenhouse. Meanwhile, here's a word about Excellent Air Heating and Cooling. I'd like to thank Excellent Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family-owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent air, heating and cooling. 585-889-7840. All right, this next song is from Ted Pierce's brand new project, Ancient Gates. This is called the Shalom Medley.
Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton. Here's Kathy Schuster. She used to be part of the singing group Kol Simcha, and this song is called Arise, O Lord. Schuster, and you are listening to Bagels and Blessings. This is Ethel Chadwick. Thank you for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Stay tuned for part two, my interview with Ellie Grunhaus. Next up, here is Joshua Aaron from his new CD, Live at the Garden Tomb. This is the Lord's Prayer, you know, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That wonderful prayer that we all know. And here it is, sung beautifully in Hebrew by Joshua Aaron. Avinu, <laughs> 
Next, here's Misha Getz, God Almighty Reigns, hallelujah. And if you listen carefully, you'll hear Joshua Aaron singing with her as well.
That was Paul Wilbur, and I know you liked that. Come, let's go up to the mountain. Alrighty, now it's time for part two. Now, as you remember, last week we heard Ellie Grunhaus talk about growing up in a secular Jewish home, and later in life he was in the army, and he was in a room where there was a book on a podium, and he began to approach the podium, and he just started shaking. And let's hear what happens next. I said, what is going on? What just happened? Anyway, I did that three times. 
I never ended up, I never touched that book, ever. And I finally, you know, got through basic training and I got my first duty station, which happened to be Fort Meyer in Arlington, Virginia. And I thought that I would go to Vietnam. It turns out God had different plans. And uh, that's a whole big story right there. I won't go into that. Okay. But the point is <laughs> that I ended up in Fort Meyer in Arlington, Virginia. And there, there were other people there in the, in the barracks where I lived who went around sharing about Jesus, okay? Um, I think you, you, they, they're called like a group of people called navigators. That's the group. It's a Christian group. They, they oftentimes are on military bases. I had no clue who they were. But it turns out one of the people in that group was a fellow named Mario Bronsaforte. I even remember his name. Mario Bronsaforte, he happened to be a naval chaplain's assistant working at Fort Meyer in the chapel there at Fort Meyer. Not Jewish, he's a Gentile, okay, he's Italian, very Italian. Big black handlebar mustache he had. And it turns out he spoke to me about Jesus. And I said, wait a minute, I don't want to hear about this. I'm Jewish. I got nothing to do with this. I tried to be polite. I said, I have nothing to do with it. And then he immediately said to me, oh, you're Jewish. He said, well, Jesus is your Messiah. <laughs> Jesus is your Messiah. And I said, no way. You're making this up. And I said, he, he went on and on. And he was very polite. He wasn't pushy. And he ended up, and here's the, here's the important connection between what I just shared about what happened at Fort Dix in that, in that corner uh, room with the podium and the black book that I couldn't touch. Mario said to me, here, Ellie, take this book from me. It's a Bible. It was a black book, and it had printed on the, on the binder on the corner, something, it, it had the words Revised Standard Version, RSV, okay? And I immediately, when I saw it, it reminded me of that black book, which I never opened, I never touched it. There in the day room, just, just like a couple of months, a few months earlier, there at Fort Dix, New Jersey. And I brought that back to my room, and I began reading it. And to make a long story short, I ended up on at 1.30 in the morning, okay, standing in my underwear okay, <laughs> in, in front of a dirty latrine sink there at Fort Myer in Arlington, Virginia. Um, I was approximately on September 29th, I believe. Um, yeah, September 29th, 1973. I, I bowed my head in prayer. I mean, there was no one there with us. 1.30 in the morning, Ethel. No one's there in that bathroom. And I just bowed my head and I said, Jesus, and I didn't even use the word Yeshua. I just said, Jesus, I know I've, I've done wrong. I know I considered myself a good person all my life. All my life, I was a good person, but... But you show me in, in the Bible that, that my heart is very black before you. And my thoughts, you know, I've never raped anyone, ever. Yet in my mind, I've raped dozens. I've never murdered anyone. Yet in my mind, I've murdered dozens. Okay? I've damned your name. I've done all kinds of... I've disobeyed my parents multiple times. You know, on and on. I've disobeyed your laws. I want to get right before you. And please teach me about the Holy Spirit. I'm opening up the door of my life, like it said in Revelation uh, chapter 3, verse 20, where Yeshua says... You know, if anyone hears my voice, I will, and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And, and that's exactly what I did. And afterward, 
afterward, I, again, I'm not making this up, no exaggeration. I went back into my room. Again, I'm in the bathroom. It's 1.30 in the morning. I went back into my room and I had the, just the, I don't know why, I had the desire to just write down, scribble down what I had just said in that bathroom 10 seconds earlier. So again, you know, it's very late. I had two other roommates. I didn't want to open up the light. So, so, so right next to my bunk bed, there was a table. There was some, just some, some newspapers there on the table. And in the dark, there was a little stubby pencil on, on, the, on, on, the, on the table. And I just scribbled down what it is I had just said in that bathroom 10 seconds earlier. And I immediately went to sleep. And I slept like a, like a baby, okay? And I woke up the next, it was like Saturday morning. I woke up the next morning. I didn't have to go to work. I worked there in the Pentagon. Okay, um, they're in Arlington. Anyway, I didn't have to go to work. And Saturday morning, I got up. I didn't even think. It never entered my head what I had done at 1.30 in the morning, you know, uh, several hours earlier. Okay, it didn't even enter my head about accepting Yeshua, nothing. And it was a beautiful day, and I went out for a walk. <clears throat> I went out to D.C., whatever. I had a great day. I came back came back and at nighttime, I remember sitting on my bunk bed, about to go to bed. <clears throat> and I thought, what a great day it's been today. I wonder why. And then suddenly I, re I came to mind, oh, I asked Yeshua, Jesus into my life just the day earlier. I wonder if that had something to do with it. <laughs> you think? <laughs> and, and I, you know, it never occurred to me before. I never even gave it, I never gave it a thought. Until until going to bed, and I I remember scribbling down what I had just said what I had said in that bathroom the day earlier, and and I went on the table next to my bed, and there it was where I scribbled it in the dark on that old piece of newspaper, and it, I, everything came flooding back to me how I asked Yeshua Jesus to teach me about the Holy Spirit, to save me, and whatever. And from that moment on, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I told other people about my, about my coming to Yeshua, about accepting him as my Messiah. Some of the people, my, I mean, everyone in my barracks were Gentile, okay? There were no Jews. Actually, there was one, but not my barracks, it was the women's barracks, okay? Uh -huh. That's another story. But, but but the thing is that um, I, I told people about my coming to Yeshua, coming to Jesus. I didn't use the word Yeshua. I, told, I said Jesus because they didn't know what, what Yeshua was. And at that point, I wasn't sure what Yeshua I'd heard the name, but I really didn't know a whole lot. So, so I said in English, not in Hebrew, I said, you know, you're Jesus. And they, a lot of people would laugh at me. And they would, they would try to argue with me. Oh, you really didn't believe there is no God and whatever. And they say, how do you know and whatever. And I found myself with very little uh, scripture under my mental belt trying to tell them about what I read in the Tanakh and in the Brit Hadashah, you know, in the Old and New Testaments, about what I learned about Jesus and what I learned. I, you know, I'm just a little babe. You know, I don't know much of anything by that point, okay? But it's just what Mario Branciforte showed me in that, in that Bible and what I began reading on my own in that Bible. And I compared all the New Testament scriptures and I was absolutely blown away, absolutely amazed at the, at the, um, at the way they connected one to another. Hey, I have to ask you, did you tell your Jewish family? <laughs> yeah, oh, oi, oi. Well, that's why I said in part one, it was a joke in World War III. <laughs> um, I eventually did, yeah, I, I went, in fact, I, I accepted Yeshua in late September of 1973. And, and I went home, I went home, you know, for the holidays, um, you know, and, and uh, in New York City. And I told my parents 
about my turning to Yeshua. I'm telling you, it was absolutely terrible. My my mother started screaming. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. She was screaming. My father ran, he was downstairs at the time. He ran upstairs, wanted to know obviously what's going on. My mother screamed at him and said, Ellie, Ellie is a good woman. You know, he's a traitor. You know, he 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 became religious. He accepted Jesus. You know, and she's screaming this. And my father was beside himself. My father took a chair. Again, I'm not exaggerating. He took a chair. He picked it up and slammed the chair on my back. Oh, no. That's awful. Slammed it on my back. Oi. And, um, and all this while, I am crying. And by the way, tears are flowing down his face. And mama's face, okay? They are crying and they're angry and they're crying. And I am standing there taking taking the blows from this chair on my back. And I'm crying, not from the pain, but but from the, from the hurt that I knew I was causing my parents. And I I I literally ran out of the house. I ran. I didn't walk. I ran out of that house. I ran to the only quote-unquote comforting place I knew of, and that is the boardwalk, the beach, which, like I said, is only about six minutes away, six-minute walk away. And I would often go there when I, when I felt stressed or whatever, and believe you me, I felt stressed. And I'm walking there, and all the while, I'm doing the only thing I knew how to do was to pray. And I prayed, and I'm praying. I said, oh, God, you know, what do I do? What do I do? I'm sure you and your audience have heard the expression that you wish the earth would open up and swallow you. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly how I felt. I wanted the joking planet Earth to open up and swallow me because I felt like a meshulet. I felt like a traitor. Now I knew firsthand what it meant, what it felt like to be a Meshkomet, to be a traitor. And I, I, I felt it. And it was so intense, Ethel. It was so painful. I didn't even think about, about you know, the, 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 the blows on my back or whatever. I didn't think, it never entered my head. It was just thinking about the pain I had caused my mama and my papa. And all this while, I had the great um, urgency, the great temptation, that's a better word, the great temptation to go back, to go back home. Because I knew how to fix this, Ethel. Uh I knew how to correct it very easily. Just go home, tell mama, papa, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was stupid. I was misled. Um, I made a mistake. See this Bible in my hand? I had like a little Gideon's Bible. I had taken it home with me during the holidays. I, I took it home with me. And, and see, I'm going to throw it in the garbage. I'm going to throw it away, Mama, Papa. Forget about this Jesus stuff. Forget about it. I'm throwing it away. There. That's what I thought I would do. And I thought that would fix it. And I was so tempted to do this, I'm telling you. But in my kishkas, in my heart, in my gut, I knew that I should not do this. I knew that my faith, my trust in Yeshua was real. And God showed me that he was real by things that happened. And I'm gonna share just a little bit because I know time, I'm watching the time here, but, but I knew that God was real and I knew he was not just a figment of my imagination. Ellie, at any time, did you feel like you had changed religions or maybe converted away from Judaism? Good question, no, not at all. 
In fact, if anything, that's an excellent question. No, I did not. Not once. Not once did I feel that. I did not. In fact, if anything, I felt a lot more connected to my to my Jewish roots, to 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 the Jewish God, to myself being a Jew. Never once. Never once. And I say that very honestly. I, I never like people sometimes use the word uh, uh, Christian Jew, okay, which sometimes would, would bother me. Okay, I say I'm not a I'm not a Christian Jew. You know, I'm a Messianic Jew. I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish, and I've I've always identified as a Jew, and and so no, no. The answer is no. I, I never once felt that. If, if anything, I felt a lot more. Ten- but the problem, obviously, is that my parents felt that I was a traitor and felt that I had I had just thrown away my Judaism. Like my father would say to me, "All right, Ellie, you know it's bad enough you're believing in, in Jesus. You know it's it's I mean bad enough you're believing God, but now you have to believe in this Jew in this in this Jesus trash. You know, throw it away, Ellie. Throw it away. That's what he would tell me. But I never stopped believing." never stopped identifying as being a Jew, not once, just the opposite. I felt a lot more connected. Anyway, so, so there I am on the beach, and I'm praying, and I felt that God telling me, do not do this. Do not go home and, and say you made a mistake. I was there walking that beach for about three hours. I finally, you know, I came home. Where am I going to go? You know, I came home. My parents were livid. They were angry like anything. They stared at me. They could, they, they could joke and kill me. You know, that, that's, that's what their eyes expressed at me. And I came into that tense environment. But you know what? Something very unusual happened, Ethel. And that is that during that three-hour time span, that I was gone, I was praying and so wondering what to do. It turns out that the mail came during that time period. The mail came. And, and so when I finally came home, <laughs> my, my father greeted me at the door. He didn't greet me. He stared at me with angry eyes and he thrust a letter into my hand. He just pushed it into my hand. And I, I had no clue what this was. I stared down at was stared down at the letter. It was addressed to my mama and papa, with their with their names, Morris and Anna Grunhouse. I I had no clue, you know what this was. And all it was was uh, it, it had like like a, a little um, um, address, you know, like a from address on it, but it didn't have a, a name on it. It was just like a like a street address. There was no name, there was no organization, there was nothing. But it was addressed personally to my mama and papa. So I opened it up, and there in the letter was a gospel tract about Yom Kippur. Oh. About, about how Yeshua was our, our atonement, our Yom Kippur, you know, our, 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 our atonement, our Yom Kippur, and how a Jew could find rest, could find salvation in Yeshua, because he was our blood atonement. I stared at that gospel tract, Ethel, and I looked up at my father, who is now staring at me with killer eyes, and and he, he grabbed it from my hand, he tore it up in pieces in front of me and threw it at my feet, and he walked away. I stood there, I picked it up, and tears came to my eyes. But this time, this time, Ethel, they were tears of joy. Because I knew, I knew that this tract that came to personally to my parents, just at this exact moment that I was facing this terrible crisis in my life, parents were rejecting me. I knew that this was for me. It wasn't for them. They were, they were just as adamantly against Jesus, against Yeshua, against my trust in him as ever. It didn't change their minds. But it helped me. 
it validated for me that my sticking with my faith, not rejecting it as I thought I would do as a quick way to resolve issues with my parents. Mm. Well, I know that sticking with my faith was it was for me to encourage me. Of course. I know you prayed for them for, for many, many years. Now, in the moments that we have left, because we are coming down to the end of the time. Oh, sorry, can sorry. you? That's fine. That's fine. There's a lot of good stuff here. Can you just share with us briefly how your life has changed since becoming a believer in Yeshua? Oh, my word. <laughs> briefly. Yes. Uh, briefly. Yes, yes. Of course. Briefly. Briefly. Okay. I'll try. Um, I guess the biggest change has been my standard by which I live. That's going to may sound strange to, to people listening to this, but think about it for a moment. I consider myself a very good person, like I said earlier in the, in the first part. And after I became a believer in Yeshua, a Messianic Jew, I realized that my standard by which I live needs to switch over, not to the standard that society gives me, but rather to the, to the standard that God gives me. And what is that standard that God gives me? He said, he said, love your neighbor as yourself and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And by the way, Ellie, I will implant, do a supernatural thing. I'm going to put my Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit, inside of you to help you to live by my, by God's standard. Because I know, Ellie, you can't do it on your own. That is the biggest change in my life. And because of that, because of that, because I'm switching away from the relativistic morality that society puts on us, to God's absolute morality, switching and allowing God to help me to live by his standard, to love others. This has enabled me to love Sherry, my wife, to love our kids, to love other people around me that do not love me at all. And that came, that became reality for me when I when I uh, continued in my army career, okay? I remember in, in part one, I accepted Yeshua when I, had, when I was in basic training. But I was in the army for like two years, okay? And I went back in the army for, for another bunch of years as well, as it turns out. So, so I lived my life according to that absolute standard, and that has helped me tremendously to love people that I met in the military, who were very, who were literally my enemies, okay? And God showed me some fantastic things, um, just amazing things that showed me he was real, like I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, um, that could not be discounted as mere coincidence. When I went to college, I was a physics and math major, okay? I like science. To this day, I like science. And the more I, I go into science, the more I realize it points me to the reality of, a, of an intelligent creator, God. And so I was very, I was, I, I, I shied away from things that were weird, things that were just stupid, okay? So what happened to me could not be discounted as mere, oh well, mere coincidence, Okay, very difficult to do that. And that's how I knew, that's how I was convinced, Ethel, that God was in fact not a figment of my imagination, but was real. He wasn't something I dreamed up to make me feel better. And so, and God, all these years, has shown me on and on and on that he is real. And especially during the times that I step out in my faith, Sharing about Yeshua with other believe, with other people, not especially non-believers, okay, both in the army as well as outside of the army, 
God has changed my life tremendously with respect to that stand, that absolute standard that he, by the Holy Spirit, helps me to live by. And that has been the greatest change in my life. Mm. So Praise the Lord. Well, Ellie, you know, it was exciting to have you on the program 25 years ago, and it's just as exciting now to hear your enthusiasm hasn't waned one bit. So I just want to thank you so much. May the Lord continue to bless you and Sherry and your children, and, and, you. and may you just have everything that you need. May He provide all your needs, keep you healthy, happy, and, uh, and I hope to, to stay in touch. God bless you. God bless you and your family and all those who are listening. Trust in Yeshua. He will not disappoint you. That's, that's the best advice I can give you all. Amen. Shalom. Amen. All right, well, stay on the line. I'll chat with you in a moment, but we'll say shalom okay. for now. Thank you. Okay, shalom. That was my interview with Ellie Grunhouse, and now here's John Waller. The Lord bless us and keep us. Make your face to shine upon us Raise your countenance on us And give us peace Lord bless us and keep us Make your face to shine upon us Raise your countenance on us And give us peace sons like Ephraim and Manasseh forgetting the troubles of their past and having a fruitful future Lord make our sons like Ephraim and Manasseh forgetting the troubles of their past and having a fruitful future Like Sarah and Rebecca, like Rachel and like Leah, who built the house of Israel. <speaking in Hebrew> Yesadonai Panamalecha Yasimlecha Shalom Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be with you. Remember, every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom. <laughs>